welcome back to the Hidden Jewels podcast. I'm Karna Atkinson, and with my dear friend Roxanne Parks, we are giving space to older women to share the wisdom and the experiences they've learned through the years. Today, we're joined by our friend Valerie Bryant. Y'all, this story is raw. It's a story of abundance and loss and restoration. Let's get to it. I am so excited today. We are welcoming the beautiful Valerie Bryant. I'm just thrilled. Welcome, Valerie. One of my favorite humans on the planet as far as passionate lover of the Lord. Yeah. Thank you. It's a blessing to be here with two of my just, it's just amazing people on the planet. Um, We've walked the same path for a little bit and now here we are together and at your invitation. I thank you so much for this. Oh, we're so honored that you said yes. Um, and it really was a spirit of God thing because I, um, so just a little background, I saw Valerie at a winter summit, um, speaking and just was so impressed by her. And actually Valerie, I didn't say this earlier when we were chatting, but, um, every, you know, winter summit, there was always kind of, there was always Roxanne of course. And then there would be one extra person that just really spoke to me and you were that person that year. And so, um, so, you know, you have a Facebook group, tough mama, you're an author, um, and you have nine kids and (laughs) yes. So amazing. You deserve an award for that. (laughs) I'll tell them. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So I just, uh, you really, your message really spoke to me where I was at that moment. And, um, I am just so grateful for you. And so, um, life has happened since then. And so we're going to have, um, a really, great conversation today. And I'm so excited for everybody to hear from you. So let's just get to it. Um, so why don't you just start and just tell us, you know, about your life growing up and how you came to know Jesus. Okay. I, it was amazing. The first, the first memories that I have were with my mom, but I can almost assure you that I must've been a little less than two years old. My first memory was kneeling at an altar with my mother in church. And, and, and I, I can see that as if it were happening like, like moments ago. Um, And so, you know, I, I was raised in a household where my mother, she had three or four sisters and they were all either one was a musician and the other, the other three or four were singers. And they sang gospel because grandma, their mom was also a gospel singer in their area. I say gospel. She, she sang, she ministered through song through the voice that God gave her. So I remembered sitting and hearing my mom and aunt and then the one on the piano singing these songs. And it was just a part of who I was. Mm. Um, so that was the beginnings. And mom walked me through, she was the one in the household who had the Bible out there was not a lot of talking about the Lord in the household. It was just a piece. Dad never said you can't go to church or anything, but he was never verse. He only went twice a year. You know, mm-hmm. But um, I remember going to in the bathroom. I'm sitting on sitting on the toilet. Okay, we're getting transparent, right? I'm sitting on the toilet 
And there's a counter right next to there and there's a Bible. It's my mama's Bible. And I would take her Bible and read and I'd see her notes. And that I really believe was the first time I was, I would really kind of handle the word and I put it down as I grew and wanted and longed. I started to go to church, you know, walk down the street by myself and, and, um, went through a Billy Graham program that said, you want to know more about the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so it was always a part of me. Um, I did not have one of those wall moving experiences and it was like, no, this is how God brought me through. So I've mm-hmm. maintained that, um, faith and I've, I've seen him work so much, so much more in my life in these latter years, but, um, it, he's just been a part of it all the way through. Yeah. So nine kids. So you grow up in this Christian ish home. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Christian ish. I like, well, that. I mean, you know, like yeah. sometimes the definitions, you know, there's, it's different, you know? Well, and I do I mean, think some people have really traumatic conversion experiences. Yeah. And I love Valerie just said for my story, it was the presence of a Bible, the presence of gospel music. And my heart was just drawn into drawn. Yeah. I also love that. You just said that you're, you saw your mom's notes in her Bible. Yes. Yes. And you know, it's something, you know, even today, fast forwarding, you know, whenever I want to study, I bring my Bible out and I think it's important for mothers in this day and age to do that and not Mm -hmm. to do it on the phone because Mm -hmm. kids see that and they don't understand what they think you're playing Mm -hmm. and, or talking to your friends. Well, you are talking to a friend, but you're not talking, you know, you have to have your word physically open And they go back and they do look. Yeah. uh, Something that they remember. But yes, that that helped mold me. Yeah, that's amazing. So let's fast forward. So got married. Yes, yes. So (laughs) so you know somehow you somehow you got those nine kids. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was one of two. I was the oldest of two. And I we lived up in, in in southwest Michigan and I always wanted to go to the University of Michigan. And so anyway, long story short, I did get accepted there. I was on a four year RTC scholarship and got my commission at the end of that four years. So right after that RTC commission, my first assignment was to Kiso Air Force Base. And that's where I met the man that I would marry. And from there, we just uh, continued forward. And within the next, oh, how many years, quarter of a century, I guess it was, um, we ended up having seven children and adopting two. And after a short period of time, we realized it was going to be harder for both of us to get what we call joint assignment, where you could both be assigned to the same place. And I saw families split um, down the middle, mother, mother, daughter here and father, son on the other side of the country. And I would say no. So after almost 10 years in, I was a captain. I stepped out. And at that point, we had one child and then quickly, you know, I was pregnant with the next one and uh, then went from military to military veteran and military spouse. So the next many years, um, that's that's where I found myself just supporting and moving every one to two years and having a child probably every other year or adopting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So now they're they're much older. I have the baby is 15 and the oldest one is about 34 and I have two grandbabies and one more on the way next month. Yay. Oh, yay. Oh. I love grandbabies, Valerie. I have two more as what well. I have two as well. That's so neat. <laughs> but I don't have one on the way yet, but I'm, I'm hoping soon. 
guess that brings it that brings it forward to where you know that's where I started my ministry and I guess that's where I met you Karna yeah, and yeah. Where I met you as well uh, Roxanne because then I started the close-knit family ministry and that's where you know I had my books and did you did you always homeschool I did from the very beginning. Sure did. So you were one of those weirdos. I was. <laughs> I was I I was so inspired by the guts and the courage it took to homeschool and I there's no way I was ever going to do it because I wasn't smart enough or patient enough and I knew someone might die in the process. And then people like you show up and inspire me that you did all nine all the time. You it just you are a weirdo and I just love you and I wanted to become like you. But you know that <laughs> That's God's grace right there because he gives you grace that you need to make it through, right? So I had learned about the homeschooling and we started in San Antonio and it just continued well. And I remember the one point in our lives when I knew that this was really what I should have been doing was when we moved to Greece uh, for an assignment that, that Lee had. And there, there are options where there were no schools. I was, I was, of course, homeschooling, but there were no schools on post. And if we wanted to send them to school, we would have to send them either to Thessaloniki or to Athens. And there were known terror groups in those areas, even at that time. So I'm thinking, well, Father, you know, we already have this thing down pat. The kids are going nowhere. We're going to homeschool <laughs> and continue through. So um, it's really helped a lot because we had we were moved every one to two years for over 16. But he gave me the grace. He gave me the kids who didn't make noise about it. They, they were proud of their school and their family and, and all that, that we did. Um, you know, so it was, it was a good decision, good obedience to the Lord to just step that step into that. Hmm. So you mentioned your ministry, close knit family. Yeah. So you want to talk about that? I know you've written some books and yes. And yeah. you know, that came about also by the fact that um, when we were having our first one, shortly after that, no, the second one, I was then certifying to be a Bradley instructor. So, and I've been doing that for what, uh, about 30 years or so now. Mm -hmm. But when we started there, that's when I started meeting more women who were wanting family. And then I bring them into the home, which is where I was teaching. And we'd start talking these different issues. And I realized that kind of God was putting me in places where I could not just teach the childbirthing, but, you know, this is how, you know, we kind of help the children with the schooling or organization or stewardship or whatever it was. And then over time, you know, people started asking more questions and I thought, well, maybe there needs to be a voice. So I just started accepting opportunities to speak and eventually went into uh, just writing um, and, and one thing you may not know, Roxanne, is when we when I spoke at your winter summit, I had a book that was supposed to be done right then and it wasn't ready. And I just about flipped three, four weeks before the conference. What do you mean it's not ready? And I needed to come with some material. And I spent the next two weeks. I produced two books. <laughs> oh my goodness. Myself, they were already there, but put them together. But again, what was it? It was just the experiences, um, questions to ask you to how to get your child to communicate uh, from the youngest to the oldest. Um, and then life with organization, you know, tough mama organizer, and not just how to do your pantries, but looking at the heart first. Why does this child not want to cooperate? Mm -hmm. um, so again, it's just where God's grace has you and that we don't want to be there with blinders on. We want to pull what we feel might be nuggets 
to teach others. Yeah. So, so Valerie, I have a question. I want to jump in here. What have you published? And are they accessible to anybody who listens to this? Absolutely. Absolutely. There are two guides that are on or two books on Amazon. One is Life in Sturdy Stitches. And that truly is a story about this mother's heart and how every single one of my nine children taught me something about how I should be parenting and nurturing them. At the end of every chapter for each child, there's a letter that they wrote to <laughs> me to insert their expressions on you know, what it felt like for them to live in that family. Wow. So, so they were sort of co-authors. So that's one. The other is Table Talk. Table Talk for Christian Living and Table Talk Guidebook for Christian Living. And this is where it's a thick book, but one page is one question. This is a question to ask your child during dinner from the youngest to the oldest. And it could be, what Bible character do you most relate to? So you kind of hear their heart. And then it could also be in other category, what is one person possibly who you feel uncomfortable around and those are sessions where you might not have them all together because who might be our friends and even who might be our relatives sometimes things may not be right and so we have to get the child to understand I'm here to hear your heart so that's that's all within that that nuggets and God's word all throughout it Oh, that's okay, great. So, so let's go back to where you are uh, doing the Bradley method and God just is calling you not only to teach one by one in front of you, but to do more than just teach one by one. Okay. So then beyond the, the Bradley, once I realized more people were calling for me to talk about how do you do your laundry and, you know, do you, you, get, you make your own bread or <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I started, I joined Toastmasters. And that gave me the structure. I had the passion and the heart, but that gave me the structure to be able to speak. After a number of years, probably back in 20, oh my goodness, 11-ish, was when I stepped into NSA, National Speaker Association, and it sort of exploded there. Opportunities to speak to military veteran families even. Um, and just, you know, galore. So through all that, writing the books, I started getting invitations to homeschool conferences, which is where I spoke many, many times, women ministries. Um, and so the message that I would deliver would be the close-knit family. You know, do you know your own heart, mama? Do you know your children's heart mama in order to know their their heart you need to know god's heart and then what's how is it in your home you know are you and your your husband on one accord and you know this is how we communicate so those were the nurturings because that was what you know i guess some people can say you know you were you a little not seeing things <laughs> where i was within my own family and i was so busy having babies so busy moving so busy schooling and everything else until i guess so mm -hmm. but it wasn't always always right and um so but that close knit family was all based on the goodness of the structure of a family with god's nurture through a mama especially mm -hmm. 
I just so believe that moms are, um, the, their hearts are the center of their homes. And so I remember when you were speaking for us, it called all the women to remember the value of her heart in relationship to God's heart, because she was often the vessel. And I think there's high impact on dads too, but I was the mom. <laughs> and so I, I just remember being challenged to understand my heart, God's heart and the hearts of my children. So that, that, that was gold. That still is gold. Yes. Yes. It's, you know, so it's, it was an interesting, it was an interesting time. And then it happened like, you know, cold water in the face. It's like, mm. where did that come from? <laughs> you know, what um, happened? What happened? It happened. Oh my goodness. That, um, you know, there, there were, there were things that had happened, um, secret relationships that had been going on, unfortunately, with my husband. Mm. Um, now, I will tell you that one lesson that I learned that I could have taught my younger self was don't disregard that still small voice. So often women are told, you know, oh, those are your emotions or, oh, no, you don't need to think like that. Or, you know, it's a picture that others kind of try to paint that, you know, that you should represent. But your emotions, quite often, if you're connected with God, that's God speaking to you. We rationalize. So I remember there were times when I would think, ah, something doesn't seem right. Something doesn't sound right. Why, why? But what I would do is to turn it to myself. I need to do better. I need to be better. So the guilt would be on me if it wasn't going well. Um, and if maybe he wasn't in the mood to speak um, in a nice way or whatever, you know, if there was agitation, I was the thermostat. I should be able to fix this. But it wasn't until I started seeking Christian counsel. And my, my request was, please help me know what I'm doing wrong. Um, things don't seem to be going as well. And that's when, you know, I started realizing it's not you necessarily, but you need to listen. And if you're feeling something's not right, you should be able to speak it to your spouse and your spouse should be able to receive it. And you should be able to speak together. But if you're being shut down or if you can speak, but you're not being listened to or heard or regarded, you've lost your voice. That was mm -hmm. me. You know, so people would say, oh, you're a strong woman. Why could, because you're in the structure of a family where the dynamic was, you have a really strong head. And if things aren't going as they sh really should, you just count it up as well. I guess this is God's will. Mm. Over the years. And when it finally was revealed that there were other relationships, mm. um, that's when I knew I couldn't put my thumb on it. Mm -hmm. But I knew, but I didn't have the power to ask, is there something happening? Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if it could have happened any other way. But hindsight being 2020 vision, um, I, I believe that what helped me was that I started seeking counsel before I even knew what was going on. Just tell me, am I doing things right? Um, and then when it was revealed to continue with Christian counsel and therapy, but when that decision, when there were breaches even there, that means that your heart is not anchored in this relationship, God, you, family. And 
it's not, it's been broken for a very long time. I didn't even know it. Yeah. So that's when I, I made the decision. Um, it's not going to, going to get any better. And of course there were some other matters, um, that not necessarily just to, to speak to at this point, but if you're in a household and there is tension and you're constantly trying to make things right, something's wrong. Hmm. And yeah. um, you need to do the best that you can, but to sit there and to be silent, no, 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 no. So the question would be, what questions do you need to ask and to whom? And some women can't because they may be in a domestic violence situation mm-hmm. where they dare not, but still you have to seek because God's children are going to be impacted in a very negative way. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when I realized things happened, I just said, okay, God, burn it up. What was all this close knit family stuff about anyway? You know, the children were all confused and what's this about? Mm. And the best counsel that I received was you're more real today than you were yesterday because you went through the fire and though you were doing what you felt was right all along, teaching God's word and all you went through the fire Mm -hmm. and God was there. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You did not get as singed as you thought, um, but he was there. So you, as you come out of the fire, and it still simmers a bit, if you come out of the fire, you need to be documenting and sharing so that people who are in this fire can understand, yes, God still loves you. Open up that ear and hear and have the boldness and courage to step forward um, Mm -hmm. and do what you must. I think very often when we're in the fire, we don't realize the dross that's being burned to the top of our lives that we just have no space for and place for. And our listeners may not, just the things that are coming out that we're sometimes so busy, we just don't address anything. And, And having nine kids and homeschooling them and moving around, we all get busy. And so the fires in our life uh, Valerie, I think you're you're a living testimony, and I certainly am also a living testimony that they they that we don't get burned. They do burn out impurities, and at the end of the day, we are closer. When that you said uh, you're more real today than you've ever been before, because I think we're closer. To, some of us, not everybody, we're closer to God than we've ever been, and when we are beholding who knit us and formed us we're we're probably are more we're more our true selves because we're closer to the reflector and the creator of ourselves through the fire that he sustained us yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so thank you my fire was different than your fire but i i don't think we know we're going into the fire when when we find ourselves in it mm-hmm. <laughs> as a matter of fact it could be that everything seems fine Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're living that mountaintop experience and you don't see that, you know, there, there are some, some jagged rocks ahead. You don't see that. Yeah. So, um, so what are some of the things that God has taught you now that you're not 19 anymore? Some yeah. of these life, these life things that he's taught you mm-hmm. along the way that you would love our listener to, to hear directly from someone who now has 2020 hindsight and can see these things that God has taught her. Yes. I would have to say the first would be, um, I must prevail. That is, and, and that's, that is, you know, when I think about God, 
God is life. And, and though I go through, he gives me the strength in some way. I may have to rehab it in some way, but he gives me strength to stand and continue forward. Why not just for me? Yes, I'm, you know, saved and, you know, I'm okay. And, but it's not just for me and it's not even just for my children. You know, we have a community of people who need to see women standing, women who love the Lord, women who have soft, soft hearts for their children, but women whose backs can stand straight when that solid has to come. So the challenge, expecting challenge, that would be the one um, area that I would say, please don't be shocked when things happen. Why? Because we're not of this world. Why? Because Satan rules where we are here. And he's not going to stand back in the corner and clap his hands while things go well for you. He, he plots and he tries to accuse you, but we are more than conquerors. So what kept me going was, first of all, the alignment. You know, I, I, I've mentioned about how I've learned a, a short phrase to sing in Hebrew. And before I awaken in the morning, I sing this because it puts me right away in alignment with, okay, you understand who you are, you understand who God is, and that he is here for you still. So I sing this, and then I pray for my children, and then I go about my day. I try to do that before my feet hit the floor if I'm not made. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I love that you're setting the temperature of your day before you ever get out of bed. Yes, you have to. Yeah. You have to. And I love when you said expect that life will bring challenges, but you are more than a conqueror and you need a stiff spine. <laughs> Don't you think uh, this might be a little controversial, but I'm going to go ahead and bring it up. Um, <laughs> so I think sometimes in our, uh, our church culture, we have had um, teaching for women that issue of submission and uh, how do you, I think sometimes it's not good. We, we submit and like, list, don't listen to those voices and we don't stand up straight and we lose our voice. Um, and so how would you say that? Like, how did you have to kind of wrestle through that idea in hindsight? Yes, that, that was really so focal when things started looking odd. Yeah, I remember opening up the word and going directly to that women submit yourself to your husband, you know, and, and, you know, as Christ loved the church, you know, he'll love you and all. I was on that one verse for probably a, a half a year. I'd open yeah. up the Bible, I'd read it and I'd say, you must tell me what this means. Yeah. What am I supposed to be doing? You must. And I stayed on it and I stayed on it. that was the one. Bible's creased. I'm open it. I'm here again. Knock, knock. Yeah. So um, I really feel that there are some definitions that culturally are put upon the family. And it's, it's a Roman Greco kind of a background with this. But what it says is the scripture says, as he is, is to follow Christ, you know, you submit yourself. But if you're you're two broken vessels. And, and, a, and a man and a woman have to understand that when they come into that union, but oftentimes it can be that the church says to the woman, no, you just continue to submit regardless of this flawed, sometimes uh, high controlling or conflict personality. And 
you you have to continue and you have to be the softer and you have to win them over and all. and i have heard that often and then i would hear yeah you're the weaker vessel and and then you know so when you're in that mindset and when women go to the church and they're asking for help if that is the only solution you know i worked on a, a military post not far from here in a resiliency program the domestic violence is terrible in that i've seen women go back and go back but there is, you know, there are some personality disorders. Yeah. And unfortunately, some of them are in the church and they will, if they marry, they can destroy an entire family. Yeah. Um, so we have to resolve in the church to understand that, yes, hold me accountable if I'm not doing right, but hold the head accountable. Yeah. And if you see that there is wrong, I don't care who it is then you have to take control. So there are some situations where there's never going to be a resolution. And that's when, you know, if there is a falling away, you have to think of the seed that God has given you. And if that personality can damage the children, can cause them to even drive away from God, because that's the representation of Father God. Mm -hmm. um, that's where the church has to answer. and have to come to the aid of women who may have been stay-at-home moms, and treat them almost as if they are widows because they they are. Yes. Yeah. It's um so when I say straightening your back, that's where when when it first happened to me, I came back to San Antonio and I hid for maybe a year or so. Yeah, I mm -hmm. didn't want to tell anybody because I was ashamed. Why are you ashamed? Because this happened to me and mm -hmm. I was doing everything I thought right. But I felt him saying, There is no shame in you. You are my daughter. Mm -hmm. Whatever you need to own, own it. But stand up listen and look around what's happening how have you been supported by me which he has and then how now can you turn that around so um that's part of what i do with tough mama time now t-u-f-f you have to be tenacious you have to be uncommon and do things that others may not even think that you should do because you know this i remember having to go outside pull the cap off of the water cover out in the front yard. And the only way to get down in there was to stick my backside up in the air and there's passing traffic. And I'm thinking like this, how, how much more uncommon do I need to get today? <laughs> but you have to do things and realize there's a cultural definition of what you should be or should do, but there's God's assignment as well. Mm. You need to be fireproof. That's the first F meaning. Sometimes if your children and sometimes if your spouse are not right, those might be the very darts Satan has planned for you. And if you go down in flames, then your ministry can't go forward. You, you have to be there at a place where even as the children, y'all moving off, this is my military lingo, okay? A plane goes in a direction and the wind blows it off a little bit. They y'all, you know, they have to come back. Mm -hmm. Even if the children, y'all, you stay firm in what you believe, because one day when they come back, they have to have a place to come to. Hmm. So you have to be fireproof and not feel that because my children may be going the wrong way. Uh, maybe they have said some things to me that really are not right. Um, they, they hurt my feelings. Um, they're not siding with me in this bad situation, which, you know, sometimes that did happen with me. And I'm hmm. thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, but. You have to be fireproof because we are more than conquerors. And then the last is you have to be fit, spiritually fit. Mm. That means if we can't go to church because it's COVID, that means I've been filled so much because I've been to sitting on the pew for 
months and weeks upon weeks, I've got to reach from within and find that spiritual fitness like David did for himself. I have to be emotionally fit. That means getting help and support. God put us here to be in relationship with each other and physically fit as fit as I can be in this body. So if we're all those, you know, pull them all together, you, you, you can be a tough mom and get, get a lot more done even for yourself. Okay. So I have a question. I got the tenacious, I got fireproof and I got fit. What was the you for tough? Oh, oh remember me with the hand stuck down in that uh, water thing? Uncommon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uncommon. Well, I'll tell you, uh, you remind me of the truth that inside every mama is a mama bear heart that is really more ferocious than she thinks when it comes to the things she needs to get done. And she is stronger than she thinks she is. And she's more tenacious. She would do uncommon things for her kids. She can live through the fire for her children and she has to stay fit. And so these are, these are transcendent to time and, and families. So tough, mama yes tough mama tough mama and tough mm -hmm. mama time and not only for our children because we are mothers nurturing children quite often for a season but once we get beyond that season if that's a part of what god has set for us when we get beyond that season and what are we to do we have to prepare ourselves in some way and it's not to say that you're trying to usurp authority because you go off and you have a, a part-time job or you have a full-time job while you're doing, as long as you can handle the imbalance, but we have to be able to do what we must for ourselves mm -hmm. and prepare our futures because, you know, women are living, people are living longer years. So once that last leaves, what, what, what do I have for me now? Yeah. So God has mind, heart, you know, even if you have some, I have an older one who's back at home with me, not at back, but she's living with me now while she goes to college. You know, there are, there are ministries and all that we do together, but I'm doing my thing while I'm watching her kind of go in her direction. Pretty soon it'll be me. Yeah. So, um, well, one thing that I want to remind the readers as I'm listening to you is that God doesn't waste a thing and that everything you've gone through, the being a captain in the military, the homes birthing nine children, the moving all around, the homeschooling, the speaking, the teaching, the writing, all of this, you carry, you carry with you through life and you are still shining mm -hmm. his light for the world to see. And so I think when our listeners, when I, I wrote down plan for the years ahead of you after you're empty nested, however, I think sometimes if we don't have the perfect plan, we need to know he still does. Absolutely. And, and he goes before us and he goes with us because Valerie, I still think some of your best days are yet in front of you. Amen. And that everything, everything doesn't make sense every year and every minute, but in the scheme of the tapestry of life and the story he's creating, there isn't a wasted thing. He knows the number of hairs on our heads and he carries all our tears in a bottle and you know, you and I've had some bottles full of tears. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the deal is, is I love when you say make the plan for years ahead, but I want you to know you're never not going to be their mama. That's right. That's right. And you're never not going to be his daughter. That's right. And so 
and he has a good plan for us. So we make our plans. And then of course, you know, he has his plan. So I just think you're still shining a light and you're still going to shine a light. And I, I cannot wait to see God continue to unfold the story. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's a joy. And as you said, you're always a mama, always a mama. And as you move forward, your children watch you because they want to see, I really believe that there is life for mama beyond because then that extends their future focus. That's right. Is doing this. I've had one of my children, adult children come back and say, mom, I'm so proud of you. You did this. Mom, I'm so proud of you. That just, that just melted my heart. I said, you are (laughs) because of what was happening. When we first moved back here, I, I drove Uber. I mean, that's the tenacious. I will do whatever I need to do. I drove Uber and eventually got a job through someone that I knew on base in the resiliency program and did that to the max. And when that contract didn't renew, uh, that's when I was unemployed for almost nine months. And during that time, I'm just thinking, I'm driving around town and I'm saying, Father, I know there's more for me to do. I don't know what it is. I'm kind of frustrated. <laughs> you have to give me the encouragement to continue forward. He's got big enough shoulders to hear our frustration, doesn't he? He does. And then I remembered um, this was the biggie because, you know, I, I always feel, you know, you need to work as unto the Lord. Unemployed, I was working. I put my, saved my money up and started doing a little school boot camp on the side for a technical. And you know, I started off as a computer program in the Air Force, right? That was my training. And then they kind of redefined my role. So I was like, I'm going back to that. So I started that. And then a friend said, after the governor said, no more unemployment, friend said, you need to get a job in hospitality. And I'm thinking, oh, but I did. And I went to a big, big uh, hotel conference center here in San Antonio. And I was a front desk receptionist. And, and I learned a lot about what I hadn't been privy to. All the screens and the computer and the multitask. And then on the phone, and I'm thinking, Father, I can't do this all because it was all day long. Some, some days, no breaks, no lunches. Mm-hmm. And we are working, working, working. And then I remembered I had applied for the USAA job that I have now. And I look back. And I would say, walking to work, I would say, walking down the last aisle before the, I would say, God, I thank you for this job, but you know, this is, I can't do this. I, Father, please expand my territories that your hand would bless me, Father, the job is prayer, but I thank you for this. And I applied for the USA job, got the job, and guess what they have me doing? I'm on the phone and I'm multitasking on the computer screens. I'm talking to military and all but I'm doing what God gave me the capability to do. So again, you might have to start all over again. I have, I have a couple of degrees. You can't, you can't be where you can't be taught. And I was starting all over again, but now that I am where I am, USAA, I've claimed my space. (laughs) As I tell my manager, sir, Houston has landed. I'm here. Show me what I need to do. So I do the best that I can do in excellence, because he says to, and this is the way I really express to the children, you're not trying to compete against everyone else, but you're competing against you so that you can show God, hey, with what you gave me, look at what I did with that talent. Mm -hmm. So this talent that I'm using now, um, 
I'm just telling them, I love you all, but get out of the way because God has something for me to do. And I don't ever want to reach the pearly gates to have God look at me and say, eh, yeah, well done. Oh, no. Mm. I want him to say, Valerie, <laughs> you maximize. And that is my, if there's a great fear that I have is when I get on my knees in the morning, I say, Father, forgive me for not fully using everything that you get for the week use of the gifts that you have given me. Help me to get there. Help me to get there. I want to serve you. So that's my Oh my good. Maximize your gifts. Okay. So Valerie, if you were going back and talking to your 20 something, something, and you know what, you got a bunch of 20 something, somethings and you could, you could just, well, we don't want to miss if you have something else to say, but if you could just wrap up and say to the 20 somethings out there, the hidden jewels of wisdom that you would just say, gosh, if I could get this across to you, what, what would you say to that person? I would say, and I'm going to qualify this word. I would say, listen to more than the sound bites. Listen. Listen with your eyes, listen with your ears. Don't listen so much with these soundbite devices. Today, there's so much information that's available, readily available. I mean, you don't, you know, no longer see Encyclopedia Britannica's on the shelves of homes, you know? One of the problems that we have is not teaching our children or giving them the opportunity to be deep thinkers, deep, deep thinkers. And in order to do that, you have to chew on a lot of data. And sometimes you have to listen to people whose, whose perspectives are different from yours and not say, I'm going to unfriend you. Mm. This yeah. cancel culture, we like to call it. We, they have to stop. And there are many who are, but they have to listen and not feel that they've got all the answers. Because, I mean, you know, the longer you live, the more you think, oh, I thought this. Oh, I live, you know you learn. Mm -hmm. But um, because our society at large is not inclined to listen, um, we're, so forgetting. Good. we're forgetting. We're forgetting our history. We're mm -hmm. Okay, I'll tell you quickly. When, I, when we lived in Greece for a while, every year they have what's called Ohi Day. Ohi means no. And Ohi Day is a day when they get excited. They have these parades and they're celebrating their Greek their Greek, um, the nation, and their separation from the country Turkey, because Turkey had them enslaved for a long time in their own country. And it was not until they rose up and said, no, 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 no more of this with some 300 years. So they celebrate Ojide. Um, you know, so it, it somehow, you know, that kind of has to become a part of who we are. We need to understand our history. That history for them dates way back. We don't even know our own recent history. So listen to more than sound bites. I love that. And you so said, good. listen with your eyes, your ears, and your heart, and not just the sound bite. Right. Be become a deep thinker. Stop and listen. That, that's just such a beautiful way to um, encourage our listeners. Uh, we can't thank you enough for sharing. And I know that this is just the beginning of all the things he's taught you. 
but you just downloaded some gold and I wish we had three years to talk, but we just oh. do these, we do these episodes and a little, are, are these episodes a soundbite? You said, don't just listen to the soundbite, but I'm telling you <laughs> when it comes to Valerie, this is just a soundbite. That's right. Because I know you're a lot more and all of us are more than, I think we're all more than the faces that we show up with and the, and the sound bites we have because God has gone with us the whole way. So I just wanted to thank you. I just Mm -hmm. think you are a tough mama in every way. You exemplify the mama bear heart and the heart of the father. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. So I just say, go Valerie. Thank you for being with us. Yeah, it's, it's been Karna and Roxanne. It's been my pleasure just to be able to, to share the, the little bit of what, you know, God, I'm just one, I'm just one warrior on this path, right? There are many yeah. of us out here. So um, what you're doing is beautiful to get the word out so that we can learn from so many hidden jewels. Thank That's you. Right. For this opportunity. Well, Karna thinks we're doing these podcasts just for her. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just for me. <laughs> But every speaker, every speaker that I, that we guest and host, I think it's just for me, but you challenged us all to be a lifelong learner in, in this testimony. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to know, Karna and I are, and we're glad to be sisters with you in that. Cause I can tell you're still learning and you're still growing. And until our days are gone, let's all stay in that together. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. If you want to get in touch with our sweet friend, Valerie, make sure you check out the show notes where we have links on how to get in touch with her and all the resources that she has available. If you want to connect with us more, hop on over to our Facebook group, Finding the Hidden Jewels. We love to talk with you personally there. And if you want to find out more information about working with Roxanne or me, check out RoxanneParks.com or KarnaAtkinson.com. And remember, your story matters. Let the world see you so that they may see him. Mm